All right, Steven, I think they're ready for us. You ready? I think so. All right, let's get it. So welcome, everyone. This is another special episode we have here. Today, we will have Mark from Numio coming in on a little bit before he ends up coming in. Uh, we're going to go over some news and notes because today was a big day, I would say, in the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency world. Uh, something else I just want to let everyone know. If you see me look down for like 2.4 seconds, I'm trying to finish up a draft and take care of this. If everyone knows from yesterday, we ended up having fantasy football draft special so thank you to everyone that submitted their different roster that they had some had like a 10 team ppr some had a 12 team and it was interesting because the common theme that a lot of teams a lot of the people that sent in their stuff had was chris carson and that's just one he's a really good player like steve and i have said he just gets injured and he just is a bruiser so that's kind of like the tough thing with him but First thing I got to talk about is Bitcoin Day in El Salvador. So shout out to El Salvador for doing that. They also purchased between yesterday and today 550 Bitcoin. So that's a huge start for them. And they're just giving back to their uh, citizens, which I do really appreciate El Salvador doing that. Another important thing with that is they ended up uh, forcing basically all businesses to end up accepting cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. So that means McDonald's there. They're using the Lightning Network. Starbucks down in El Salvador is using Lightning Network. And a lot of people don't realize it, but McDonald's and Starbucks accepting Bitcoin in El Salvador, it's just a uh, stepping stone. They'll end up accepting it at other places, but they're trying everything out there. Other thing, and Stephen and I talked about this for a quick second earlier, Steph Curry is now partnering with FTX. So he will be their global ambassador for the exchange, but it's a huge thing because they already had Tom Brady and now they have Steph Curry. And a lot of times people don't realize that these athletes, once they get involved, oh, they're gonna they're not taking one or two dollars worth of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. They're taking thousands to millions of dollars and doing that. So you also know Kate Cunningham is with BlockFi. You have Trevor Lawrence who's out there, Blockfolio. So there's a lot of different people out there in the sports world that are getting a part of it obj odell beckham jr he's a part of nfts a lot of people probably see that happening von miller is another one that's a part of nfts as well so that's what i want to end up talking about there and the other funny story i want to talk about steven i'm pretty sure you heard about this but the quarterback for presbyterian uh mr heffley 10 touchdowns what are your thoughts 10 touchdowns on 38 of 50 throwing with 538 yards um, it will be at Oklahoma next year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna. There's, I, I, I would bet you. Uh, I bet you that he he lands at Oklahoma next year. It's funny. Um, there's there's all these memes going around. Of, I think it was also the Tulane quarterback too when they played Oklahoma this weekend. Speaking of them, um, mm-hmm. and him and um, um, oh man, what's the who's the head coach of uh, Oklahoma? I can't think of his name. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I know why I don't remember it, but yeah. Wow. Why are we blanking on that one? Um, <laughs> wow. That's a pretty common, common, common coaching name too. Um, there's a picture of them shaking hands after the, after the game. And uh, caption was, hey, I'll, I'll see you next year. Lincoln Riley. L- Lincoln Riley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. That's one. I don't know why we didn't remember it. I was over here thinking like Bob Stoops and things like that. Close. Yeah. <laughs> close. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's like. That's a lot, dude. Ten touchdown mm-hmm. passes. Ten. That's a yeah. lot. 
just like chilling afterwards. It doesn't matter where you are. It's kind of like when LaMelo Ball went for 70 or 80 points in high school. And it just doesn't matter at that point. Or the other, I think it was Jimmer or somebody went for like a dumb amount of points. Sorry, it was the triple, the division three basketball player that went for like a hundred points or whatever. So no matter where you are scoring that much, it still counts. It's different if you score 20, but he's scoring 10 touchdowns. (laughs) <laughs> so that's ridiculous that's a lot of like that's just that's a lot like yeah Penn State, Penn State's quarterback through one and it, like, he might not get to 10 until like week four or five you know mm-hmm. and this guy's already got half a season wrapped up and, and touchdown passes already yeah so I want to just give you a second so what happened this week on Wisconsin yo um I'll talk more about this obviously at, at the end of the week with the with the quick slants but um, I don't know how much did you watch the entire game? I did. So what's crazy is before you go on, I was so hyped to watch it, but so I have Hulu and I don't know why Hulu was over here saying, all right, the game starts at 1 30. I'm like, hmm, this is odd. So I'm watching it. It's halftime. Then I see online, I see Steven talking about, oh, that was a clutch moment. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, I'm at halftime. How is he talking about the game? Then I realized I wasn't live. So I had to <laughs> deposit or you just you were just far behind. I guess it was just like really behind because it was only, it was in the fourth quarter, right? When your safety got the interception. Cause I saw the first half when it was basically them feeling out each other and it was, I think zero, zero. And then yeah. everything came alive. I'm like, how the hell they got 10 points. And I'm looking at the score say zero, zero. Bro. It was, um, so just a quick, quick couple of things. Like I, I don't know. It's, it's different this year. I think just because, it was the first game of the season. It was on the road against Wisconsin. Um, mm-hmm. That 11 a.m. start out there, it was kind of rainy. You know, both teams, like you said, feeling each other out in the first half. Um, zero, zero at halftime. Most other games, like every other game probably, if that happened to Penn State every other season, I would be – I'd turn the game off. I'd be pissed. Yeah. I'd, be walking, <laughs> I'd be walking around the house. You know how I am. I'd be like – I'd be furious, right? But it was something just different. I don't know if it was because we were playing Wisconsin. Um, and I'm like, okay, this isn't like, you know, two years ago we opened up with with Idaho. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like we were – we beat, beat them like 79 to 7 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was Wisconsin. Wisconsin's got a great defense. Penn State fans probably didn't know what to expect from, from the team this year. The new offense coordinator, what Sean Clifford were we going to get. Now I think what happened in the second half – was what everyone expected to happen in the first half. And I think now, you know, you know as well as I do, man, like that, that type of win and that environment, first game of the season, that 11 a.m. start, all those factors, especially after Penn State went four and five last year, um, you know, those wins can set the tone for the rest of the season. And I know there's 11 yeah. games left and potentially, potentially more, but, you know, that just sets the tone for – the rest of the season. And I don't know if you, you know, caught on to this as much as I did, but the body language from the first snap of the game to the end of the game was the same for Penn State the entire time. They were just mm-hmm. hype. You know, coaches were celebrating a, a tackle for loss or a sack like they would, you know, a hundred yard pick six. Yeah. It was just like, it was just, it just looked a lot different. And my man Jaquan Brisker got injured three separate times, yeah. and left the game, came back in every time, it just balled out had the interception, which we all thought potentially ended the game. The last mm-hmm. three minutes was hectic as hell. Yeah. He, he picked it off. 
Um, and then we got the end of the game interception from Jair Brown. And I'll go into all the details about everything later on um, during, during the week, but it just like real quick to, to finish up, there was you know, it, the whole bed, not break mentality. Mm-hmm. Hence that usually has that, but for whatever reason in the past, we've always bent and then broken. So mm-hmm. it was nice to see the defense, the whole entire team really, but good to see the defense keep bending and bending and bending, but finally not, not break and get probably the biggest win for for James Franklin in his in his entire career probably yeah. I would say or at least one of the top two or three maybe yeah so that's something that Stephen will continue to touch on um in quick slants next week I told Stephen that we'll take a lot of time to end up deep diving into college football they just released the AP rankings today but we can talk about them next week as well shout out to Alabama because I saw what they did I'm pretty sure they played Miami that game was not a game at all shout out to penn state real quick we moved up eight spots from 19 to 11 yeah so and just so you know every week i'm going to be wearing penn state something Mm -hmm. throughout the entire season until they until they lose and then then something bro and then the season's over and i'm gonna be pissed so (laughs) so my last thing on this and how you know steven is serious about this year so every single year steven usually texts me during the penn state games this is so different than most years because Steven and I didn't talk probably for a minute. And that's how you know he's into it this year compared to like other years. You would hear from him or he would be like, yeah, I want to go to a bar or something like that. It was a wrap halfway through it all. Mm-hmm. But that's I'm what locked I in, to... man. I'm, I'm locked in, bro. See? This is it. This is the year. So going off of college football, again, we'll touch on it next week because you'll end up having more games. Then on the come through, you'll be able to see more of what the teams are going to be like um, come the next week. But I want to go into the NFL for a little bit now. So, Steven, the first game we have is Dallas and Tampa Bay. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to go Dallas. Okay. I think um, – I don't know. I feel like the, the uh, Tom Brady-led teams always lose a game that – maybe they shouldn't lose and, and I can see them getting blown out in this game, but like, who cares? You know, it'll be more talk about the Cowboys, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, I'm going with, I'm going with the, uh, going with the Cowboys. I think, uh, I think the guy, Mike Parsons, shout out to Penn State. I think Mike Parsons has a big game. Um, yeah, I'm going with the, I'm going with the, I'm going with the boys. So, and just for everyone out there, we're going to keep tally of it, just kind of how like all the networks do. We'll just check it throughout the year and just check the ones that we guessed correctly that probably were the sleeper underdog picks um, of different ones. I'm going with Tampa. Don't ask me why. It's just one of those of, all right, Brady, I I don't know if he has anything left to prove still because he's kind of done everything he's needed to do. So that's the first one. The next one we have is Philly versus Atlanta. So it's a one o'clock. It, granted, I'm a Philly fan, but I don't really know how to feel on this one. I'm going to Atlanta. All right. So the next one is Stevens' team. Oh, I'm going to go Philly. Um, only reason I'm going Philly is so I was there when Philadelphia won the championship and then they had the whole banner come down and they played Atlanta. So that was a hype game. So I'm just hoping that. It kind of lives up to it. I will say the key person, there's two, because the Eagles can't stop shit on defense. Like, I promise you, nobody 
I could get out there, Steven get out there, it, you're just going to be able to go by. And it's so weird because you would think them having a, a good cornerback now, it would be different. It, it's kind of the same. They kind of <laughs> ripped him to shreds. But I'm going to uh, uh, You almost Byron Maxwell, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Got the guy. Oh. <laughs> ba- Baggy-ass jersey, baggy-ass sleeves. <laughs> but I'm going to go Philly. Uh, they do have to watch out for Calvin Ridley, and you have to watch out for Kyle Pitts because this is all you need for Kyle Pitts to get his first game against the Eagles. Eagles can't stop no tight ends. You look back on history. The tight ends have a great day. and They might be able to uh, shadow Calvin Ridley because it's only now Ridley you have to worry about. But Kyle Pitts, I promise you, mark my words, he's going to have at least five, six receptions, at least eight targets, and then maybe have like 80 receiving yards and 500 touchdowns at the rate they okay. go. Okay. All, right, so. <laughs> All right. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to hold you to that one. But next game, we got Pittsburgh and Buffalo. I mean, I'm going Pittsburgh. I'm never going to, I'm never going to not pick Pittsburgh. It's like Penn State. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, this is probably the only time. And it's so weird because, yeah. I will say, uh, concern on the Steelers side with TJ Watt. Still yes. not signing yet. I don't know what they're waiting for. I don't know why they're dragging their feet about this one. I Is mean, he injured he at all? No, he's just okay. sitting out of team, That's what I team drills. He does individual stuff, but he's a top five defensive player in the league. Mm-hmm. Sign him, give him as much as he wants. Like, yeah. he's what, I think 26 maybe, if that. So mm-hmm. he's hopefully going to be around in the black and gold for a long time. Um, just give the man what he wants, please. They need him and Minka to be there for a long time. You yeah. can't let either of them walk. Like, All right. I'm going Buffalo, and it's more so a bias. Only reason I got to keep going with Josh Allen and Stephon oh. Diggs until they're right, standing broad. All right, that's fair. I know. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you that. Next one, Minnesota. I think this is going to be the first one Stephen and I will probably agree on, but Minnesota and Cincinnati. Uh, Minnesota. All right, so we both have that. Um, all right, Steven. So San Francisco and Detroit, who you got? Uh, San Fran. All right. We actually, the same on that one. So Arizona and Tennessee. Ooh, um, I'm gonna go Arizona with this one. I like, uh, I like them to have a really, really good season. So I was thinking the same thing, uh, with Arizona, just because Kyler, AJ Green, Hopkins, and then Chase Edmonds back there. Only thing is, I was just going to go with Tennessee because so this year it's a Tannehill prove a season. Everybody else on the whole team has proved everything. AJ Brown proved everything. Julio Jones, we already know what he brings. Henry 2K got his. So it's really just Ryan Tannehill. Can you take him to the next point? Or are you going to have the shit talking happen back when he was in Miami when the practice guy was saying that he couldn't even beat them? Mm-hmm. So yep. we'll end up seeing I would that. I agree with that. Yeah. So next one we have Seahawks and Colts. I'm pretty sure I know which way you're going. Seahawks, obviously. Yeah. That's an easy one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is, is Carson Wentz, what's his, what's his that? I know he was back at practice. So I, he, I don't think he's going to be playing the first game. They have him listed as like questionable and stuff. Hmm. I know me personally, as an Eagles fan, I want him to play every single damn game possible so we can get a first round pick out of it. 75 of those snaps yep mm-hmm. yeah or they got to make the playoffs so mm-hmm. i need to see something like that so the next one uh we'll do chargers in the football team 
And then, Mark, feel free to end up chiming in on any of the games whenever you want to. Go Skins, but, baby. I'm a okay. DC native, so I got to say okay. go Skins. For okay. a football team, I don't know. Whichever yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess we, I guess we got to be somewhat politically correct on this. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I feel like DC fans, like the true fans of, of the, of the football team can say Redskins. So if you want to say Redskins, Redskin it up. Um, I'll go with, I'll go with the Chargers. Okay. No, That's not no bad. offense. That's not bad. Untaken. They suck. <laughs> They're terrible. Hey, but at I'll still root for them. At least so, you can admit it. I went with Fitzmagic and the football team. Only reason is every year Fitzpatrick plays. You never know what the hell is going to happen. He might have an amazing game. He might have a bad game. They have Scary Terry, and then they have Curtis Samuel. So I'm looking forward to see what they can do in Antonio Gibson. But the big thing, and I'm seeing it in fantasy drafts too, people are picking that defense hella high. They're not letting the defense go, like letting it fall. They're picking them I high. Mean, so Chase Young might, yeah, you know, he, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna say he's gonna dethrone Aaron Donald as like the guy, but he's he's starting to creep up on that up on that list. Yeah. So that's another one. So next one, and I'm pretty sure we'll all be in agreement unless we have any BYU fans out there. But Jets and Panthers. <laughs> Ooh. This is the battle of Sam Darnold versus Zach Wilson. Yeah. Um, I'm going with the I'm going with the Jets, 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 Jets on this. Really? One. I gotta I gotta wow. BJ, my brother, my my brother-in-law BJ is a, is a huge Jets fan, so I'm gonna show some love to to them. Oh um, my god. Yeah, and I just I don't know. Um, yeah, I think this is a new Jets. Robert Sala is new head coach, new man in charge. I think he's gonna bring a better attitude. So. Yeah, I'm going with the uh, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Wow. I'm surprised on that one. So I'm going with, and you know this because in fantasy, the Panthers, I don't really care about Sam Darnold and all of them. Sam Darnold has a lot to prove. That's another one because mm-hmm. you guys trade him, and now in the first game, y'all are going to play him. So Sam Darnold has a lot. He has the weapons there. You have DJ mm-hmm. Moore. You have Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson is another one that came from the Jets. Yeah. And okay. then you have uh, Run CMC. So I'm going, I'm running it back again because I won yeah. last year partially because of Christian McCaffrey, but I want to see what he ends up doing there. Uh, this next one is a tough one, Battle of the AFC South, Jaguars-Texans. I think yeah. this is, is not as easy as a lot of people want it to be. It is. Yeah, it Jack. Is. <laughs> Jack. Dude, the, the Texans are, are no longer a franchise. I think we should ship them off to like – Canada or another country because they're just falling apart. Like I feel we talked about last week or two weeks ago. I feel so bad for Tyrod Taylor for being in that he position. He always just gets in bad situations. Like, like my man, my man just has has no wins in the NFL. No wins. No, wherever but he goes, the, the the team doctor for the Chargers what like screwed up his, his kidneys or something, right, dude? Like yeah. what? Herbert what was that about? Him? His Herbert, yeah, yeah. So I'm going with the Jags. I, you know. I love me some Trevor Lawrence. Um, big loss with tra- Travis Etienne. I don't think it's going to be as big as people think. Just get no. another, another weapon out of the backfield. But um, they got Carlos Hyde. I think that's a – I picked him in – I don't know if I picked him in our league or the mm-hmm. league I was in. But um, I think he'll have a really good season. Um, but, yeah, I, I love me some, some, some Trevor Lawrence. So I'm a little worried. One, I'll talk fantasy. Then I'll talk real life. So I picked James Robinson in probably like two of my three leagues. The concern is – they did get Carlos Hyde there. So I am worried about that. PPR, I think James Robinson might 
do well just looking at how Urban Meyer can handle running backs. But a lot of people are worried about Trevor Lawrence. If that offensive line can stay healthy, they have weapons mm -hmm. uh, for Trevor Lawrence. Because I think Marvin Jones is there. You have Chenault that's there. You have DJ Chark that's there. And then you have the uh, two running backs. So you have Hyde and Robinson that can do things. I want to, I really want to root for Tyrod Taylor because fun fact, whenever I played Madden, I would always like bench the starting quarterback and put Tyrod Taylor in just so he can run. It was either you're, him or Vic. You, 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 you're honestly the first person to ever do that. Like no, no one else in the history of playing Madden has ever done that by you. Yeah. All in college. I would just choose uh, Tyrod Taylor, whatever team he was on. I would never throw it. I'd just be like, all right, just run it. If he had a running back, I might do that too. But so shout out to Virginia <laughs> Tech on that one. I know it's crazy. I would do it's that. It's like the Mad No Four game with uh, yeah. Michael Vick. Yeah, yeah it's like, like what? I don't care who you're playing, just don't play as Atlanta. I, I, yeah, guess, Christian, I guess I guess I guess Christian just thought he was he was playing Michael Vick again. So like, so but it's, it's, like, how it was. it's not the, it's not the same thing though, Christian. It's not the same thing. So when it was me, it was. When I saw other people use him, it it wasn't. I was like, you're tarnishing his reputation. He wasn't that great. But so that was, I'm going with the Jaguars. Next one, Browns and Chiefs. I think all three of us are probably going to say the same answer unless someone's drinking something. I'll go with the Chiefs. Okay. I mean, I picked I picked Patrick Mahomes the first pick in, in our draft. So. He did. Seventh overall, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. I need, I, need, I, need, I need 50 touchdowns on that one. I mean, I, I don't know if anyone would pick against Patrick Mahomes at any point mm -hmm. <laughs> in the season. Um, I mean, he's, dude, he's, he's unreal. Um, I think he has the potential to be one of the few quarterbacks to be considered one of the greatest, depending on the talent that he has around him. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he's got some of the best wide receiver core. He's got arguably the best tight end in the league. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll see what happens. Um, I forget what the running, what the running back's name is. Clyde um, yeah, Clyde. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see how he does this year. Like, I mean, he tore it up last year. Um, mm -hmm. So if he, if he has a good season, then, and yeah, I mean, he stays healthy for his career. I mean, obviously, and they keep him, and they have yeah. a budget for all these guys, he has a really good opportunity of being, like, one of the best quarterbacks. Um, just because, I mean, he's got the he's got the legs, he's got the arm, he's got the IQ. Uh, I mean, yeah, he, he has it all there. Uh, it's just, let's see if they can keep all the pieces together and if he can keep things rolling. Yeah, he's already, he's already on that, on that path, too. So, so Mark brought up some good points. I'll talk about three things. The first one I'll talk about is a running back. I honestly believe that if Kareem Hunt did not do what he did, Kareem Hunt might be one of the better running backs in the league if he was still on the Chiefs. Because that season when he was there with them, like after he had that one fumble, it seems like he was on trying to attack everybody in the league. I'll never forget that first fumble when people are like, nope, like get him out of there. After that first fumble in that game, it was a wrap. In terms of Patrick Mahomes, I don't know if he's a better football player or a more intelligent investor and individual because the amount of money he's putting into Kansas City, like with the Royals, he has his wife getting involved with the soccer team that's there. And I'm just thinking all that they're doing to invest in that area, he's trying to look out for his future too. Granted, he's going to be easily, after Tom Brady, probably the second billionaire. 
oh, from okay. football. Right. Yeah. Only reason, because of this one contract, if he were to do it, and we could talk about this later, but imagine if he pulls a Steph Curry and like starts investing some of that into cryptocurrency or something. Or imagine if he even invested in the stock market and just doesn't keep any cash. I really think Patrick Mahomes is setting himself up for so much. But to go with my answer, the Chiefs, I can't really bet on the Browns just yet. I mean, yes, you're getting back Odell Beckham Jr. That's cool and all. You have Jarvis Landry, but you just can't really bet against the Chiefs. Even when the Chiefs lose, it's kind of like an anomaly. They're not going to lose a lot of games. And just like Mark said, you just got to be able to pay them all because it's going to come a time. They had to drop Sammy Watkins. I mean, you can't pay everybody on the team. <clears throat> so there have it's good that they have Clyde Edwards-Alaire on his rookie contract still because I know my man's just going to want some money. Terry Kill got his. Travis Kelsey got his. You know, Andy Reid's going to want his money. Then, you know, Harrison Bucker's going to want his money. Then you got to think about the defense. So that's that one. Next one, Dolphins-Patriots. Pass. Oh, Mac Jones. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't I don't really have a lot of confidence in in, in Tua. I, I might be I might be I don't know I don't know where people are on that on that on that list. Like I just don't have a lot of confidence in him. I I thought he was like good in college, but I mm-hmm. mean like Mac Jones is kind of the same way. He had a shit ton of talent around him. He had the Heisman yeah. Trophy winner for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. I mean Tua had a, 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 also a shit ton of talent around him. Now, I'm not saying that he's a horrible quarterback, but I just don't have much confidence on having him. And it's the Dolphins, like you know, mm-hmm. like it's the Dolphins. They're not like they're not what they, you know, what they used to be, I guess. But I'm going with the Pats. So two sleepers, well, probably three in this game. If you're still drafting in fantasy football, I would say just take a late round pick on Will Fuller. He's suspended in the beginning, but he's somebody that if Tua can actually, yep. See, I was so pissed when Steven did that. But just take a late round pick on Will Fuller. A lot of people are sleeping on Will Fuller, Michael Thomas. And just because they're suspended and injured, don't forget about them. Another one that I'm hearing a lot of people talk about is Miles Gaskin. So I want to see what he ends up doing. But the other one people need to think about is the Patriots defense. So reason being, the Patriots get a lot of their people back. So that's something that, Steven, don't go doing any changes. But the Patriots I'm, I'm, not yet. I'm good. I, I, I do. I, I stick, I stick, I stick through the whole season. So fun fact, I used to tell some of my friends in the league, like suggestions of like, oh, what I'm about to do. Or I see Nick Chubb on the waiver wire. I'm gonna go pick him up. Next day, you see my mans go pick him up after I told him who's there. So, but yeah, the Patriots defense, they get a lot of their people back. And if you remember two years ago, they did have a lot of players that were doing well for them uh, in fantasy, but also in um, real football, but I'm going with the Patriots on that one. Next one would be a big one if Drew Brees was still there, but Packers and Saints. Packers. <laughs> like I have, I have zero confidence in either of the Saints quarterbacks. No. Only person I have confidence in is Alvin Kamara. Other than that, yeah. I don't really know. And he's gonna get like 30 touches a game. Yeah. So they, next, they, don't, they, don't, they don't have a choice. They're just dump it low to him. They don't even have mm-hmm. Michael Thomas. So you're relying. I know Jameis Winston until Michael Thomas gets back. You can quote me on it. Jameis will probably have at least 10 to 12 interceptions. Don't ask me how or why, but Jameis is going to throw some in it because he's going to have to force them. I know you have like Callaway and them out there. You don't have Emmanuel Sanders anymore. He went to go to be with another quarterback. So it's just Kamara and Latavius Murray that you really have. 
So I'm going with the Packers on that one. You can't, that's another one. You don't really want to bet against Aaron Rodgers, especially when you make Aaron Rodgers mad. No, mm-hmm. like he can't do it. Uh, yep. So next game, and all three of us will chime in here because this is another NFC East team. So Broncos and Giants. It's not an easy one to guess, but I know if you're in the NFC East, most times you just bet against any NFC East team. I'm going with the Giants in the, in the 2021 league MVP, Saquon Barkley. Oh, here we go. You know, that's, <laughs> that's my thing this year, dude. I picked him. I picked him number one. I had the number one pick in my other draft, and I picked him number one. So I had to pick him, too, in the draft I just did today. He kind of just fell there. Everybody else was gone. And I don't realize how many people are sleeping on Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I mean, right. he's, they don't. Plus, you're picking Christian his... McCaffrey. Yeah, Christian. <laughs> um, you're, you're, you're one to talk. Um, they, they don't know if he's going to be playing on Sunday. Um, yeah. I think the, the decision is going to come down tomorrow, I believe. Tomorrow. Yeah. Or, no, wait, what's today? Today's Tuesday. I think uh, Thursday. Maybe, got I think it is. Days. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think Thursday they're going to make the decision. Um, I mean, even if he doesn't play Week One, they still have 16 more games left. So, you know, him sitting out the first game of the season, I don't think it's a big deal. People are probably going to make a big deal out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but from everything I've read, everything I've seen from from training camp and practices recently, you know, he looks good. It feels good. Everyone says he's he, he's looking looking like the old Saquon which is great um but I've said before you know hopefully they have a, I said yesterday hopefully they have an offensive line or it's going to be a another short season for him unfortunately yeah Mark you got any thoughts on this one I mean I, I'd like to root for for Saquon but like I'm not I'm not optimistic about his first game back is like, I, I just don't know if they have the talent around him and him coming back, like already being questionable and he's probably going to have to get a lot of touches. Mm-hmm. They just they don't have, don't have the talent around him yet. All right. Or, get, get him off the show. <laughs> Mark is, Mark is gone. Get, I don't get think him the off. Giants are winning that. Uh, <laughs> Cause it, like it, for them, for them to win that game, he has to get, at least 30 touches he's gonna have to be like the alvin kamara for the saints mm-hmm. but he's coming back from an injury so I, I i wouldn't if i'm a betting man i wouldn't put my money behind that <laughs> and mm-hmm. christian you talked about uh a prove-it season for Tannehill. same thing for daniel jones yeah, like yeah. they're not they're not on the same are not on the same level but i mean he was what top five pick yeah, from top, Duke, top I think. Pick. Yeah, top five, top ten pick. So, I mean, you know, I, yeah, it's not like a prove it or we're going to draft another quarterback type of season, but if he does have a really bad season and there's not a whole lot of improvement or they go, you know, three and what, three and 14, I guess it would mm-hmm. be this year. If they go three and 14 or they have a really bad season and they have another top five pick, you know, I wouldn't, out of there. wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they took another quarterback. Yeah, so – Mark said he's not a betting man, but when I'm in Virginia, I am a betting man and I am betting on the Broncos. Reason being, I, if you heard, listen, I only said this. So at first I was going to choose the Giants until I heard Kenny Galladay doesn't even have faith in his own team right now. He said they're <laughs> going to start off slow. If your wide receiver, he just paid a dumb amount of money to, it's like, yeah, I'm just going to let you guys know we're probably going to start off slow this year. I don't think Sterling Shepard wants to hear him come in and say, yeah, we're going to start off slow. Saquon, okay, maybe. Darius Slay, and he's trying to end up just run down the field and get a payday next year or so. 
And the coaches, they're all going to be on the hot seat. You have to determine next at the end of this year, is it going to be Daniel Jones or is it going to be the coaches? One of them got to go. Because it sucks that Saquon's on that team. And they're in New York, which is tougher because you just got Zach Wilson with the Jets. So you know they're looking at Daniel Jones like, all right, what are you going to do for us this year? Because we picked, we used a high pick on you. Mm-hmm. So this is his prove it season. So I'm going with the Broncos. I hope, I really do hope Teddy Bridgewater can do something this year. He has the weapons too. Teddy uh, two gloves. I know he got two running backs back there that are good. And then you have Cortland Sutton, you have Jerry Judy, who a lot of people are saying this might be his breakout season. And then you have Noah Font that's out there. So I'm hoping that Teddy doesn't have to do stupendous, but I want him to do better because after the way, after they did him in Minnesota, just like, all right, you're kind of out of here. Like he got injured. They brought him to Carolina where he was able to do decent, but they said, all right, you out of here. Brennan, Sam Darnold, not, no disrespect to Sam Darnold. You know how kind of bad they have to view you? I mean, like, come on, though, but like Teddy, like Teddy Bridgewater isn't like, he didn't always set the world on fire. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, it's not like he came in as like the second coming of Michael Vick or something or, Don, or you know, something, but yeah, you know, I'm not overly surprised that teams did him dirty like that. Dude, I mean, I mean, come on, he wears two gloves. Oh my gosh, shut up. So <laughs> the Bears versus Rams, who you got? Um, I'm going to go with the Rams. Mm-hmm. Bears offensive line is pretty bad. So I don't think it matters who's a quarterback, whether it's Justin Fields or whether it's um, Andy Dalton. I think Aaron Donald starts his defensive play of the year season again mm-hmm. with a big game against the Bears. Yeah, so I'm going with the Rams as well but i want to also say shout out david montgomery so i think it was two years ago or so i said that he was going to be one of the better running backs and he would come alive he didn't do it necessarily in that first year but he did much better last year and i think it has to do with your quarterback and the coaching team that you end up having i do want i I hate when it comes down to we don't know who the quarterback's going to be oh i'm supporting andy dalton everyone knows it's going to be justin fields they just don't want to announce when it's going to be justin fields i know Mm -hmm. andy dalton's not probably right away. I think they'll give it to Andy Dalton right away, but I can see like either down the line, they'll probably pull, remember when Joe Flacco was there and then Joe kind of was slowing down and they said, all right, Lamar, get in the game. And Lamar kind of helped him get to the playoffs and stuff. Same with like Baker Mayfield. I think it'll be one of those. They won't put him in there just to start, but I think Justin Fields again, I'm not saying Justin about to bring him to the playoffs, but I'm saying that he might, (laughs) I think I think if Andy, if Andy Dalton throws a pick in that first game, he's he's, he's done. Yeah, that's he's done. they have a short leash. When you draft a quarterback yeah. that high, you're on such a short leash. And then mm-hmm. how the Cowboys did him, they're like, all right, you got injured, yeah, you out. They brought in mm-hmm. JMU kid, who still to this day, I think that the Cowboys are a messed up organization for treating the JMU quarterback the way they did. But that's neither here nor there. Last one. So Ravens Raiders. Um. Ravens okay so the big thing about this is this is the first time they'll have fans in that stadium during a regular season oh, yeah. game yeah mm-hmm. in Las Vegas so I'm looking forward to end up seeing that because we've seen it as an empty stadium but it's not cool looking at all stadiums that way they built this stadium in the desert also shout out Al Davis I think that's who it is who has that big ass house now in uh, Nevada so that's it is it is that his name Al Davis I can't the owner no, it's his son now. Al Davis is dead, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> R.I.P. 
we'll, well, we'll, it's his we'll, dad's we'll, we'll, we'll skip over that one. No. So that's it with the, I said the Ravens. I'm going with the Ravens. Also kind of biased because I'm a season ticket holder now at the Ravens. And I also drafted Lamar Jackson. But finishing up with that, I want to end up touching on to some important things. So I was talking to Steven earlier, and then this is another big interview and big conversation for us because we're big fans of Utu and what they did. We had Mike Chen on the show, so he's always welcome back here, but they partnered with Numio. And I've been able to like talk to Mark and I've seen what um, Numio has been doing. This is also exciting because they are offering a lot of things moving forward. So we have none other than the co-founder of Numio, Mark with us. What's going on, Fred? Uh, glad to be here. Yeah, so to chat and educate you guys about some of the stuff that we're doing. I guess do a little transition from, from fantasy football. Um, love that. I'm in a couple leagues into, uh, yes, what I do basically 24 7, which is crypto. Yeah. So before we get into that, the perfect segue for both. And it was some big news today, especially one. So shout out everyone with Bitcoin Day in El Salvador, but also Steph Curry uh, partnering with FTX, being a global ambassador there. So what are your thoughts when you see all these sports athletes and also countries starting to buy Bitcoin and then become ambassadors of different exchanges and stuff uh, using cryptocurrency and Bitcoin to educate other people? Sure. I, I think there are two different routes that are occurring here. Obviously, one with the countries looking to educate. Um, but I, I think a lot of these countries that are looking to do this are generally, probably for the next couple of years, they're all going to be very, very small uh, in terms of their economic output and their GDP. They're going to be very tiny. Um, obviously, uh, El Salvador is not the largest country in the world, um, especially when it comes to G GDP and um, what their essentially their economy is doing around the world. Um, so this is awesome exposure for them as a country. It's bringing in a ton of tourism. It's bringing in all these crypto people who are like, okay, we can go and we can buy real estate here. We can go mm -hmm. and travel here and essentially be a part of this economy and help support it. Um, so they have a first mover advantage there. We already seen a lot of big name Bitcoiners who have said, okay, I'm just going to go and buy property in El Salvador. They, mm -hmm. Whether they go and live there, I don't know. That's helping to support their own local economy. Yeah. Um, and like earlier today, like I made a little video about it, but someone posted a, a picture that they were able to pay using Lightning Network um, mm -hmm. and buy a McDonald's meal. And I was like, yes. oh, that's like, this is really cool. Like, this is actually like happening. Um, I think it was like 9,000 sats or something like that, mm -hmm. which, is, which was awesome. Um, and so like, that's one avenue where we're seeing countries adopting this as, as legal tender. Um, and most likely over the next couple of years, we're probably going to see very small countries look to adopt this. Um, we're mm -hmm. not probably going to see large countries that probably won't happen for five to ten years um obviously a lot of these large countries they already have bitcoin on their balance sheet uh yeah. the u.s is one of the largest holders of bitcoin believe it or not mm -hmm. um and so obviously the price going up can technically be good for them uh because it's better for their balance sheet um because i think the U.S. owns like a significant amount of Bitcoin. Like they're one of like the top five holders like in the world. Um, mm -hmm. 
specifically from a lot of the uh, the seizures that they've done. One of which was uh, was Mount Gox. Yes. Um, and so they, they have a huge pile of Bitcoin that they're sitting on, uh, similar with a lot of other countries. Um, and then we're also seeing, I guess, from the other part of your question, uh, different types of athletes that are getting involved uh, with this tech. Um, I think one of the first big name athletes that we saw was Tom Brady, uh, mm-hmm. who is also involved uh, with FTX. Um, SBF is absolutely like on its hair right now when it comes to uh, growth and marketing. Yes. Um, they recently raised an insane amount of money. Um, frankly, I really wish they just raised a billion dollars just to say that they raised a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they are, they're on an absolute tear. Um, it was really cool to be down in Miami and see the FTX arena actually mm. saying like FTX. That was really cool. Um, we're going to see a ton of athletes starting to be sponsored by a lot of these big name companies, um, many of which are going to be centralized exchanges uh, initially because they have the most pockets. Uh, they've been around for the longest. Um, so we're seeing FTX. We're most likely going to be seeing, most likely going to be seeing uh, Binance sponsored um, athletes. We're probably going to be seeing Coinbase-sponsored athletes, uh, because a lot of these organizations, they've been around for so long, and all these exchanges are looking to do at this point is create market share and user acquisition. Mm-hmm. Um, and having a lot of these people essentially in their back pocket to say, hey, go and use our product, not our competitor's product, um, is something that all of these places are sort of looking to try to do. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because when you're dealing with user acquisition crypto, it it can get very aggressive. Um, Not like in a physical sense, but like um, people are really looking to try to to take over, I guess, users and that market share because it's not that large. Uh, I I think we're really like this year and next year, we're going to start to see like, that breaking point where we're going to see that next level of adoption. Because um, we saw it in 2020 with DeFi, and now this year we're seeing it significantly with NFTs. Um, and I think we're probably going to see a little bit of a bubble uh, later this year, and it's going to taper off a little uh, in terms of growth. But I, I think obviously people understand the stuff is here to stay and they want to participate in it. And so having ambassadors is just that. I guess that voice to get into a lot of those people that they might not have direct access to. Yeah. So, so I got, oh, go I got, I got a quick question actually um, for, for Mark about, so about the athletes and everything. Um, do you think now, obviously a lot of these athletes who are jumping into the crypto space, I would assume that they know something they've been you know, got up to speed from, yeah, right, exactly. That's why like, I know you, you don't assume anything, but you would, you would hope or imagine that their team would be like, hey, we've been thinking about this. You know, this is what the company does. This is a little bit of background. You gotta, you gotta get the speed on, you know, not everything crypto, but just to, yeah. enough so they can make appearances and do all that kind of stuff and tweet about it and whatnot. Cause all these athletes, you know, 
Steph Curry, Tom Brady, um, Saquon Barkley. Also, you know, they all have millions and millions and millions of followers. So do you think it's, you know, a strategy by these companies to get these guys on board and girls get them on board now? So folks like myself who really aren't into the crypto space see it and just Saquon Barkley, for example, because the Penn State ties, you know, I see Saquon Barkley and is taking some, a lot of his endorsements in, in crypto. And you think it's one of those things where like, they're trying to get people like me and that's like the way that they're going to get people like me to start to look more into crypto and do more research and become a, a crypto fan, if you will, you know, like as like a, you know, a, a ploy to get folks like myself using these athletes and then slowly build it and like, cause all, you know, like I said, these, these guys have millions and millions of followers. Do you think that's, that's the part that's of like, goal. yeah, exactly. Like they're, that, that, I mean, that's their goal. Cause they, what, what their goal is, is okay. We're going to pay, I'm going to use Steph Curry's as an example, cause he was really recent. Their goal, like with FTX, their goal is to say, okay, Steph, go out, talk about FTX, build that brand and try to get people to begin using FTX and FTX like products. Uh, So that's their goal there. Um, And we're probably going to see other exchanges doing the same thing because they want those people like yourself to use their product. Um, So like if we came out and said, okay, we're going to sign LeBron James, Mm -hmm. obviously like we want people to, we want to help educate people and say, this is what crypto is, all these things that we're doing. These are some of the benefits that it can bring you. But by the way, we want you to use our product because this is what's going to allow you to do that. And that's sort of their goal is to get people to use their product, um, specifically with F, like with regards to FTX. Because I, you know, I, I personally, I sent you the, and I'm sure you knew about the Steph Curry news before I send you the screenshot of the tweet, but you know, they, they got me. Like I saw the tweet, someone tweeted about Steph Curry doing this and i was i was like cool i'm in you know i'm not the biggest yeah. steph curry fan but like it it just like it caught my attention i read about it i was like okay cool like i'll check this out because we, we talk about it every single week and christian mm-hmm. and i talk about it you know off off air we talk about it every week so i mean it's i mean it's a genius move by all these companies to get to get these athletes and obviously they have to go off after the, the biggest name athletes because that's who have the most followers. That's who everybody likes. Yeah, got it. But that just for example, like I sent Kristen the tweet and like, boom, they got me. Like that was, that was simple, simple shit that they did. And it got yeah. someone like myself to look at the tweet, read the tweet, read up on it and, you know, send it to my friends and be like, Hey, look at this. This is, this is pretty cool. So yeah, it's, it's working obviously. So two things I want to end up just saying, uh, because we talked about Al Davis a little bit ago, but it's Mark, Mark Davis. Davis. Mark That's Davis. what it is. Yeah. And then I want to touch on what Mark just brought up um, because we were talking about different exchanges. So FTX and then Binance probably end up sponsoring people. So Binance for everyone out there has Binance and then Binance for Americans because of regulations. It's called Binance US, but I just call it Binance for Americans. But they're trying to go public. So they're pr- trying to go public in 2023, which a lot of people see like that's why they started to uh, change like the regulations notice they had like the stocks uh stock crypto stuff and then that kind of went away then they started lowering the amount if you don't have kyc kraken is another one that's going to go public i'm pretty sure they said next year do not be surprised if ftx 
ends up doing the same thing. It's a very smart way, I think, on both sides, just like you see Tesla being on the stock market and then they're investing in cryptocurrency and stuff. Same with like Square. You'll see exchanges do it. Coinbase did it. They provided like a foundation as well. And then like Voyagers out there as well doing the same thing. You can be listed and have a lot of people end up using your exchange in the cryptocurrency world. And then you can get the other side of the money too in the stock market world and then see your market cap and valuation and raise the money you need. So I know that a lot of people will start to do that. Um, something else I did want to touch on because clearly as everyone can see so far, Mark has a wealth of information and knowledge, but the question everybody asks is how they first got their skin in the game. So Mark, how did you first get involved in cryptocurrency? What was your first? Uh, so that was back in 2014. Um, Ethereum wasn't really a thing at that point. Um, it, I don't know if it had actually launched yet. Um but I, I think they had just started to talk about the ICO at that point, but I wasn't really like that involved. I bought Bitcoin. I had no clue what it was. I didn't really know what it did, uh, but I bought a couple of Bitcoin. I was a senior in high school and because um, I had some friends that were talking about it and I sold it a year later uh, when I was a freshman in college because I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, I'm, I'm in college. I want to go have fun. I want to drink mm-hmm. some beer. I'm not upset that I sold the Bitcoin because like priceless memories, but um, it would have been nice, but um, cause I had like two or three Bitcoin at the time. And like for a college kid thinking about that now, it's oh, that's like an insane amount of money. Um, but I got my, I, I really started to get my, my feet wet back in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, I got, I got pretty sick. And I was essentially bedridden and I had a whole bunch of time on my hands. I was away from school. So I was like, all right, let's read about that Bitcoin stuff. Let's figure out what I was actually putting my money into. Um, so I essentially fell down a rabbit hole. I started reading about Bitcoin, read the Bitcoin white paper, um, started reading about Ethereum, uh, started reading about smart contracts and essentially how this whole ecosystem was being built. Um, and obviously, started putting my money where my mouth was um mm-hmm. started putting a lot of money into into bitcoin into ethereum i think i bought litecoin too but i didn't really understand what litecoin was um i traded that out after like a year um which me and my friends we called it litcoin because yeah. <laughs> it, it, there was a day where it went up like 100 or 200 percent in 2017 yeah. <laughs> and my friend texted me and he was like I don't know what this thing is, but it's like, it's lit. And I was yeah. like, it's Litcoin now. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know if anyone actually still uses it, but, um, but uh, yeah, so that was like, I guess like my journey into crypto um, started getting involved um, with a bunch of different teams writing and doing a lot of research. I uh, got involved with a company called Cryptocurrency Investing Network. Um, I ran all the uh, sales and BD for them, working with companies ranging from like ideation all the way to people who are like one to two billion dollars in market cap. Um, And that was an awesome experience. Uh, But I ended up deciding after about a year that I I wanted to be a builder uh, in the space. I wanted to actually get involved with building and providing value, uh, not necessarily through giving people exposure. Um, so that sort of was my transition into starting to work, um, with different types of open source projects, uh, ended up founding a couple companies. Um, obviously most recently I founded, uh, Numio 
And uh, at this point, I'm now obviously focused on Numio and uh, helping to support and provide value to uh, a variety of DAOs uh, in the ecosystem. So it's definitely keeping me on my toes, uh, to say the least. So what's crazy that, Steve, were you going to say something? No, I'll ask my, my, my standard question after. Yeah. <laughs> so what's crazy, Mark, that you brought that up, because I'll never forget, it was 2017. So I knew about like Bitcoin and then Ethereum. And then this is when I finally understood the correlation with a lot of things go up with Bitcoin, because you saw Bitcoin go up. It was like, yo, Bitcoin hit 20,000. And then Ethereum started moving over 1,000, close to like 1,300, 1,400. And you're like, hold up, Litecoin didn't move as much yet. Then all of a sudden, you just really quick, Litecoin just flipped. And it was the craziest thing because back on Coinbase during those days, it was only three you had in the beginning. It was Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. And Litecoin ended up moving, but a lot of people started to get into it because they just saw the price of Bitcoin being so high, Ethereum was high, and then Litecoin kind of just took off too. And I'll never forget that because I was like at a Christmas party and I saw it. But yeah, those are the ones. And I remember people would end up just calling it Litecoin because one, it was affordable for almost everybody. But two, it could change your life really fast. Just getting into Litecoin when it was at a low price. When I know they used to compare like the X's you can end up getting off of Litecoin compared to like Bitcoin during that same time frame. Uh, Steven, you can go ahead and ask your signature question. Yeah. So, Mark, I ask this obviously every time we have someone on. Um, you know, people like myself or just in general know the word Bitcoin. They know the word, phrase, cryptocurrency, but that's it. They don't know anything else. They don't know the layers of it. They don't know these other companies that we talk about. I say we, like I talk about them, but you guys talk about them. Um, and it's been around, you know, 2008, 2009, and people have been in the game since then. And, but it just seems like a lot more recently, like in the last four years or so, four or five years, it's starting to become a, more of a talking point. And you know, I'll ask you this, why do you think that is? Do you think it's because I know there's obviously social media grows every year and it's, you know, for better or worse, um, you know, it gives all these companies a bigger, small and massive platform to, you know, put out their, their product and market themselves. Um, is it because of the, you know, the networks, you know, the TV networks that are talking about them? Um, it's because I use my neighbor Frank all the time. It's because you're talking to your neighbor Frank about it in conversation. We're at bars. You're talking to your friends. Like, why do you think now it's more, I don't want to use the term socially acceptable to talk about it, but it seems like a lot more people are talking about it. It's because, you know, also people didn't know what it was or like they didn't really give a shit about what it was. Now you see, again, go back to the athletes, these athletes are involved and, you know, all your neighbors and your buddies are talking about it. So why do you think that it's so popular now in gaining more and more steam to talk about it? Sure, I guess it depends. It, it comes down to where you live, uh, first of all, uh, because let's say you're living in the U.S. Uh, these are essentially alternate investments. Like these are just ways that you can potentially, and I don't want to say it will, you can potentially build your wealth. Uh, if you are in an underdeveloped or developing country, this is an alternative for you to actually like control your wealth and protect, protect yourself from uh, devalued currencies. Uh, so assets, like if you're going into like Argentina, uh, Argentina, one of the most popular assets in Argentina 
is MakerDAO's DAI, which is an algorithmic yeah. stablecoin, fully decentralized. Uh, it's actually not USDC. It's not Tether. It's DAI, which is like weird. Uh, mm -hmm. But a lot of the people there, they have no trust with their government. Um, obviously, a lot of the people there, they have Bitcoin, they have Ethereum, but they essentially are using assets like DAI to protect themselves from hyperinflation because their assets, if they're held in the Argentinian peso, is that, I think that's what it is, yeah. um, it goes down in value by 50% every single year, um, which is crazy. Uh, if you're obviously going into countries like Venezuela, I mean, everyone knows that's what's going crazy. on with the Bolivar. It's a mess. Um, yeah. Then if you go into countries in Southeast Asia, um, there's a significant amount of people that are either underbanked or unbanked. Uh, and these are solutions for those people to use. Um, I think over the last year, a significant amount of growth has occurred uh, because of uh, a couple of things. Wealth creation. Uh, people are seeing an insane amount of wealth over a short period of time. This is the same thing that happened in 2017. Uh, everyone started talking about it. Um, and obviously everyone's talking about it now because people are getting filthy, filthy, freaking rich. Um, and one of the things that you can do that people are actually realizing that you can do with crypto is it's not just like, oh, number go up. Like you're like that meme of like the idiot. Yeah. Where it's like, and it's like, oh, the number is going that way. Um, and one of the things that you can do is you can actually use these automated protocols where you can passively build your wealth through decentralized finance, something that you were never able to possibly do in any type of traditional financial infrastructure. It was, it, it's just not possible. Um, so for example, you can get a high yield uh, savings account in traditional finance, which is like a risky play uh, on, your, like on your USD, and you can get 50 basis points per year in interest, which is a high yield savings account. Now you can go into crypto and use DeFi and you can get like 10 to 100 times better APR every year on your stable coins. Obviously, some of the ones that are significantly higher have an insane amount of risk. I don't put any of my money into that, uh, but you can use things like Aave, Compound, uh, things like Rari, uh, where you can just essentially go and take your stable coins into single-sided pools where you have fairly low risk and you can gain significant amounts of APR on your stablecoins or your ETH or other different types of assets. Uh, and that has really unlocked an insane amount of value for people all around the globe. Um, I mean, that's just one aspect. That's just like lending and borrowing. Um, then you can have things like pooling your assets and you can pretty much trade any type of asset in a permissionless manner. Um, but obviously like the most basic thing that allows for all these others to, I guess, become popular is wealth creation. And that's true for pretty much any ecosystem. Um, you get people rich, then people will talk about it. People will shill it to their friends and creates an insane amount of organic growth. So um, I'll go back to what you said initially was the investment type of thing. Is that why like people in the US obviously care about it because it can make them a shit ton of money. And, mm -hmm. but do you think it's like these other countries might care about it more because it's, it's just a, a different way of, of using it 
you think that's why like now more people in the U.S. are starting to care about it because they're re- they're realizing like they can do so much more with it than just their standard dollar. Um, I guess there's two parts to that question. One, in the U.S., the biggest interest that people have is uh, depositing funds into interest-bearing assets or using interest-bearing assets. Uh, so like AUSDC, um, CUSDC. So those are like A and C tokens, which are um, representing um, tokens that are deposited into Aave or Compound. Um, and you're able to gain APR on those assets, which is higher than any bank account that you can get anywhere around the world. Um, and that's interesting for Americans because they're like, oh, like I can actually gain money with my USD for fairly low risk. Sign me up. Um, but Americans, we have some of the best banking system. We have one of the best banking systems in the world, uh, regardless of what people say. Like we have one of the best banking systems in the world. Um, the majority of people in the U.S. are banked. Yes, we have people that are underbanked. We probably have little to very few people that are unbanked. I would say there are people that are underbanked in the U.S., uh, but for the most part, the banking system in, the, in America is pretty solid. Um, are there things that can be improved upon? Yes, and those are things that crypto and digital assets can improve upon. Uh, but then when you go into other countries, uh, like I'll, I'll use El Salvador, for example, because they just made uh, Bitcoin legal tender. Um, if you go into El Salvador, I mean, the majority of the population in El Salvador is unbanked, meaning that they do not have a bank account or any type of banking. So this is something that they can use. And they're like, oh, I can actually now be a part of a bigger global economy or either just a local economy and be able to operate more effectively. Um, and so there, there are very different plays that we're, that we're seeing here um, for people because it's really, people are using it because it's providing a better experience than what they currently have. So I'm going to touch on a couple of things before we end up diving into Numio. So Mark started off by bringing up Argentina. If anyone out there is wondering and want to know more about the economics in Argentina, uh, look up the tequila crisis back in the day. Look up the Paris Club when they were receiving money to pay off their deferred loans. But then also you can look up how Argentina, for the longest, was pegged one-to-one to the U.S. dollar. Then their government decided to end up going back to the Argentine peso and that it just skyrocketed. It kind of was one of the worst decisions that they could make because it just continued to increase. You saw it go from one to one to the US dollar, Argentine peso to the dollar. And then it went from seven to like 14. And it was just crazy how it ended up happening. And a lot of people in America don't necessarily understand fully what Bitcoin and cryptocurrency can do because we are so, we have a lot of things here, but it helps so many countries uh, internationally and globally. Some uh, quick information I just want everyone to know the market cap for cryptocurrency is a little over $2 trillion, or with the dip is probably right around $2 trillion. That is global. So that's everyone in the world has been investing in cryptocurrency, $2 trillion. The market cap of Apple, just from mainly people in the United States and wealthy individuals overseas, Apple, Microsoft, and Amazon all have market caps of over $2 trillion. And that's just mostly American dollars that are going into it with the wealthy people. So you can just imagine 
how early we are still in cryptocurrency. If these are the market caps of one company, and this is global money getting poured into cryptocurrency. So you can imagine when trillions of dollars start going into cryptocurrency, what it'll end up being. And you have to start looking at cryptocurrency, uh, more so Bitcoin, not as a company, which a lot of people like to compare it to Apple, Microsoft, but it's going to be a reserve. And then it's also going to be a currency that will be used. And as more people start getting invested in it, the volatility will probably go down some because when institutions start getting involved in it, it's not necessarily going to fluctuate as much because they're not going to get at, out of it as quickly as your retail investors will. They're going to stay in it because I was talking to my friends. They have 10-year plans, five-year plans, 20-year plans. They can't have a plan of, oh, let's get out of it tomorrow. That's not how a lot of the companies work. You saw uh, El Salvador. If El Salvador were to start trading Bitcoin like tomorrow, the whole citizen, the company, and the world would be like, what are you doing? Like, I thought this was something you're invested in for the future, but yet you're trading it. But that's just what I wanted to say on Bitcoin. The big topic I want to talk about is Numio, because this is something for we got next. And then also my company shift movement that I think that we could use the wallet. But can you talk a little bit about what is Numio and then what is Vault? Sure. So our goal at Numio is to give people more control over their identity and their money. Um, we launched uh, our mobile application. So our first product that we launched is a mobile application. It's live on iOS and Android. Um, and we launched that about six months ago. It was the first product um, that, or first mobile application that was launched that natively supports uh, ZK rollups. Um, probably going to be a topic that we'll uh, chat a little bit about, uh, but a ZK rollup is an Ethereum scaling solution allowing uh, the Ethereum network to scale um, an insane amount uh, driving down uh, fees for essentially interacting with the Ethereum network. Um, so it's, it's pretty powerful. Um, I shouldn't say with the Ethereum network because you're interacting within this, within this rollup solution, uh, but it is secured by the Ethereum network. Um, and so that's one of the big things that we've been focused on. Um, and we are going to be launching uh, with layer two trading very shortly, which we're, we're really, really thrilled about. So just think about it as uh, essentially trading on Ethereum, but all your trades are instant. Uh, the network fees are about 100 times cheaper than mainnet. Uh, and all of your network fees are able to be gasless, meaning that you can pay your network fee in the native token. So it's not saying that there's no gas, but if I want to pay a transaction fee, uh, let's say it's a dollar, uh, I can pay that in USDC, I can pay that in Tether, I can pay that in DAI. I don't ever have to hold Ether in my wallet. All that is done behind the scenes. Um, so that's, I guess, what we're doing uh, around your money. Um, and then around our identity is, or I guess around digital identity or how we're giving you control over your identity uh, is actually one of the pieces of infrastructure that we are looking to work with, uh, with Utu. Um, mm -hmm. So we launched a solution that allows you to pseudo anonymously uh, verify yourself to third parties uh, because we are a pretty privacy focused uh, organization. We our, our goal is to give you more control over these things. Um, and we want to allow people to essentially prove to third parties uh, without having to give up any information to those organizations by saying, okay, I'm legitimate. I'm not a bot. And I am who I say I am. Um, and so this actually allows you to prove that you are uh, essentially laundering money. So it essentially goes through a 
I guess, a traditional KYC AML process, but we do not store any of that information. Frankly, we don't want it, um, but all we store is essentially a hash of data um, that is stored in our server. In the future, we will be able to store it on chain um, that essentially says you've been verified. Um, and that infrastructure will allow for a variety of things, obviously one of which is uh, around what we're doing with Utu, sort of what sort of kick-started a lot of this conversation. Um, so that's essentially what we're doing there. Uh, Vault is a product, uh, we have not launched it yet. Uh, we will be launching it in the future. Uh, you can think of it as a, uh, a web application, essentially for managing uh, your assets. Um, it will be able to be connected uh, by your mobile application or uh, through hardware devices. So if you are using like a ledger or Trezor, uh, you'll be able to connect your wallet, interact um, with the, I guess that, um, that web application, um, mm -hmm. or you can obviously use uh, your Numio mobile application. Uh, but right now our main focus with what we're doing uh, is around the mobile app. Yeah. So thank you for that. Cause that was something that um, well, the first thing that, caught my attention was the gas fees. So can you talk about how you guys are able to have such small to no gas fees? Because I know a lot of people probably out there like, well, we know Ethereum. And if we were to make a trade right now, it's going to almost cost us 90 to $100. So how are you <laughs> yeah. guys able to offer that? Yeah, so we are, we've been very focused around it. Like I'm going to give it a term, which is called Ethereum scaling uh, mm -hmm. for a while now. And we built out a product a couple of years ago um, on OMG Network on Plasma, which was really cool. Uh, but we weren't really that excited with Plasma and what was going on, I guess, with that underlying tech. Um, so we sort of changed gears, uh, did a whole bunch of R&D, um, ended up absolutely loving what was going on with ZK Rollups. Frankly, ZK Rollups are, like, in my opinion, they are the end game uh, when it comes to scaling on Ethereum. Mm. Um, and I can go into the details of that later, uh, but we were researching into a team. Uh, their name is uh, ZK Sync. Um, mm -hmm. So their website is zksync.io. Um, and they are essentially the leading uh, layer two ZK rollup solution uh, out there right now. Uh, they're building the first uh, EVM compatible ZK rollup, meaning that you'll be able to take any type of uh, Solidity contract that lives on Ethereum and allow it to live in this scalable environment. So you're probably wondering, okay, well, that's great, but how does it actually scale this stuff? Mm -hmm. So ZK Rollup, you can think of that um, similar to a train car or an airplane. Um, so have you guys been to, been to DC or New York? You yep, have to take like the, the metro or subway. Okay, so you got to go and take the, the metro. Like you're in DC, uh, you're going from, I don't know, I think that actually goes all the way to the uh, to um, Dulles Airport now. So let's mm -hmm. say you're going in, in downtown DC and you want to go to Dulles Airport. Um, so that's a, that's a long ride. So you could go and say, all right, I'm going to go and rent out the entire train car and pay for that ride to go from downtown all the way to Dulles. You could do that potentially, but it's just gonna be a lot more expensive. Mm -hmm. Or you can say, okay, we're gonna get all these people and essentially come onto the train along with me. And we're gonna go from downtown to Dulles together. 
So that's essentially what a ZK roll is. Um, you're bundling up a whole bunch of transactions and then storing them onto Ethereum. Mm. So once this roll up, you can think of it, I'm, I don't want to say a fruit roll up, but you can think of it um, similar you to my like attention. a train. I know. <laughs> you you got me. Similar to like a train or an airplane going to an end location. That end location is the Ethereum main network. So all of these transactions, they're essentially bundled together off chain, meaning they're not stored on chain right away. So they're stored like, let's say like AWS, for example. Uh, so they're stored in this off chain environment. And after a certain period of time, after there's been a, enough transactions, uh, that data and information is then placed onto the Ethereum blockchain, meaning that all that data is secured by Ethereum. So then you're probably wondering, okay, these transactions, uh, what does that even mean? Like, how are those transactions created? Mm-hmm. They're created. So one of the terms as a part of a, a ZK rule is this term called a ZK, which stands for zero knowledge. So mm-hmm. ZK roll uses a technology called a zero knowledge proof. A zero knowledge proof means that if I want to prove something, I don't actually have to show you that I know what it is. You just essentially inherently know uh, that what I'm telling you or um, explaining to you is true. So let's say, for example, um, I have a wallet. I pull out my wallet and I say, I have $1,000 in my wallet. And you know, without actually having to open it up and look through it and review all the money, you know that there is $1,000 in that wallet. And there are, there's nothing that can dispute that information. So that's essentially what a zero-knowledge proof is. It's allowing you to know and prove with zero knowledge about that, that it is true. So how that applies to a ZK rollup is when those proofs are generated, so when you're using a ZK roll, all transactions are in the form of a proof or a zero knowledge proof. Um, And when those transactions are generated, you know right away that they are true and valid. So you know that all those transactions that have occurred are secure and everyone has essentially wanted that to happen. Um, And then once there's been enough of them, they are then stored onto Ethereum, allowing for uh, essentially on-chain data availability. Uh, So what you're allowed to do there is pretty much everything that you're doing on Ethereum mainnet. Um, And all transactions are actually, um, they are confirmed instantly on the client side. What that means is obviously I've said it can take time for the data to be stored on Ethereum, but when you send a transaction on layer two, right away, that information is confirmed uh, on the client side, meaning that once I've sent it, let's say that um, I've, I sent a transaction of 100 USDC, I send it to Steven. He can then go and use that USDC right away. He doesn't have to wait for that data to be stored on chain. He can just go and use it right away. Uh, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's essentially how that all 
operates. Does that make sense? Or did I need to, do I need to explain anything more in depth? No, or- you broke it down. So I like that you started off with people that understand cryptocurrency and things of that nature started with that, but then you were able to give a real life analogy so that people can understand it that way. And then being able to wrap it back home, you brought up data storage and I automatically think of security. And as we all know, uh, we've heard of Poly Network with their issues and then mm-hmm. T-Mobile with their hacks that they've had with social securities and things of that nature. And then Biloxi as well, their exchange, they're still currently not even up. So security has been a huge <laughs> thing uh, as of recent that a lot of people end up are worried about and concerned about with you all being a place where people can store their cryptocurrencies and stuff. Can you talk about the security aspect of it so that people can feel more comfortable using it? Sure. Uh, when you are using a, a ZK rollup, it is effectively just as secure as Ethereum. Uh, for a transaction to go through, uh, so let, let's say I'm going to give you like the worst case scenario of uh, how your funds could be stolen uh, on a ZK rollup, because a ZK rollup is decentralized and non-custodial, meaning the rollup operators can never steal your funds. The only way that a transaction can go through or a proof that can be generated is by using the signing key. So there's essentially two keys that are essentially used as a part of uh, generating these transactions. One is from uh, the person signing it, and then one is by the operator, so the operator of the rollup. Um, and in order for that proof to be generated, all that information has to be, well, valid. And mm-hmm. if that information doesn't match, then that transaction literally cannot go through. It is impossible uh, because of how they are using zero knowledge proofs um, and literally because of math, like that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, so your, your funds are effectively secured by math and cryptography, um, which is awesome. Uh, so when you're dealing with security on this type of solution, like it is like, the top of the line. Uh, it really doesn't get better than that. Um, because when you are dealing with scaling solutions for Ethereum, and this is something that we've been dealing with for a while, is generally when you are going into an environment that is significantly more scalable, you are sacrificing one of two things, um, decentralization or security. So if you're moving on to like a side chain, for example, you're going to be sacrificing one of those things to get higher scalability uh, because you're essentially moving away from the security of Ethereum. And what uh, solutions like a a ZK rollup or frankly an optimistic rollup allows you to do is retain that security and decentralization, but still have the ability to scale, uh, which is, Incredible. Um, I can't take credit for being like the brains behind that operation because we aren't like actively building the ZK mm-hmm. role. We're essentially, we are the user interface. We allow you to interact with that ecosystem, interact with that tech. Um, and it is, it is literally the most secure uh, scaling solution that you can get uh, for Ethereum. So it's actually very different uh, from what's going on with, uh, with things like Poly Network. Uh, Poly Network is a cross-chain um, liquidity provider, meaning that you're able to uh, exchange funds between different types of blockchains. Um, and they're using uh, security, which is called MPC. So it's a essentially multi, multi-party computation 
allowing you to secure funds on a variety of different blockchains. Uh, the big issue with how theirs was operating is they had a single key that was uh, vulnerable that um, essentially allowed for all those funds to be stolen. When Poly Network got hacked, to be honest, I didn't even know what it was. Like, I hadn't I even heard about it. There was like $500 million. And I was like, what? Like, yeah, where, where did this come from? Um, and I, I believe a lot of it was from Asia. Like, I'm, I'm, I believe it was like yeah. a very popular in Asia. Um, because it, I think it, one of the exchanges or one of the blockchains that they connected with was NEO, uh, which is very, very popular in Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a very different, completely different, um, I guess, security. I guess they're very different when it comes to security uh, because one has significant more custody over your assets. Um, and one is using a completely different, I guess, infrastructure for how they uh, allow for transactions to go through and how funds are secured. Um, I will say the downside currently uh, to ZK rollups uh, is two things. Uh, one is currently they're not EVM compatible, uh, meaning that you can't go and like there's no Uniswap, there's no Compound, there's nothing like that yet on these types of solutions uh, that will be possible uh, in the near future. Uh, The other downside, which some people say it's a downside, some say it isn't, is that currently um, solutions like ZK Sync, uh, they are run by centralized operators. So there's right now there's one organization running their ZK role, which is Matter Labs. Matter Labs is the team building ZK Sync. isn't technically any downside to that because they can't touch or steal or do anything with anybody's funds because uh, it's completely non-custodial. Um, but that's just one of the things that people, I guess, one of the downsides that people say uh, for for zk rollups. Um, but like for me, like I don't really see that as, as that much of a concern because they they literally can't touch anyone's money. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the worst thing that they could do is say, okay, ZK Sync is down forever. Uh, you can't use it anymore. So what would happen in that scenario is another team or organization or just a developer would go and essentially spin up that server, um, relaunch the rollup and allow for things to continue to operate there. If that did happen, you can still withdraw your funds uh, from layer one. Like there's nothing wrong there. Um, so that's the, I guess those are like the two downsides yeah no thank you for that because that's something that i always want to hear what wallets and what tech companies end up saying when it comes to security just because that's what people hear and see and then the correlation to it uh the next big thing that a lot of people always wonder about is airdropping and staking now is this something that people could be eligible for if they hold their cryptocurrencies in numio um so we well for for numio specifically we don't have any plans for a token. Um, our, our focus right now is building the best user experience um, for people on Ethereum and Ethereum's layer two. Um, I don't want to say that you can potentially return, receive airdrops from other projects uh, by storing your funds there. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that or not, but uh, <laughs> uh, you might be able to. Um, there hasn't been any details released about that. Uh, but there is the possibility that you can. Um, So my best recommendation is go 
check it out and essentially use the app uh, because mm. you will potentially have the ability uh, to do that. Um, but I, I don't want to guarantee anything because no like public information has said, this is X, Y, and Z of what you have to do. Yeah. Uh, but there have been teams that we are working with um, that have said um, you can potentially receive an airdrop. So mm. I guess that's all I can say there. Yeah, no, that's fine. The next thing um, was just borrowing and lending. So we talked about airdropping and staking. Now just touch on the airdrop, I mean, the borrowing and lending aspect within the app. Sure, that is not live yet. Uh, that okay. will uh, probably not be live until um, the ZK rollup is EVM compatible, uh, just because that requires those contracts to live uh, on layer two. Um, we will be able to support um, people to deposit or essentially swap for funds um, allowing them to gain, to use essentially interest-bearing assets uh, like AUSDC, uh, mm -hmm. which is the Aave version of USDC, um, mm -hmm. which I believe is earning like six percent APR right now, which is yeah. not bad. It's not bad. It's um, so you can, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what you would essentially be able to do there is you essentially go and swap your USDC for AUSDC and be able to gain interest on that natively on layer two. Um, in order to do lending and borrowing, uh, that requires the smart contracts to be natively living uh, on layer two. Mm. Thank you. So we've heard a lot of information about Numio, and I know some people probably will end up playing this back two, three times, but if people want to stay in touch or, with you all. Or more, like a lot of times, keep 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 your views come in and tell your friends and get more views. Just oh, know. that's absolutely gonna happen. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Go go but, go like us on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, follow us all on Twitter, you know, the whole the whole the whole thing. The whole Sorry. shebang. Yeah, keep yeah. going, keep going though. It's I had, you know, I had to get that in there. No, can you tell us uh, how people can stay in touch with the team uh just moving forward? Sure. Yeah, we are we're very active on uh Twitter, Telegram. Um, I started up a TikTok channel. So if you're on TikTok, okay. give us a follow. Uh, on TikTok, our handle is GetNumio. Uh, it is also GetNumio on Twitter. Um, if you want to check out our announcements channel on Telegram, uh, just go and search Numio. Um, and then uh, you can go and find us on uh, Facebook and LinkedIn as well. Uh, but in my opinion, your best way to stay on top of everything is just download and use the app yeah. um but um i would say we're we're most active on uh, on twitter and tiktok those are like the two main channels that we have right now yeah and i can second what mark just said if you do follow them on twitter you will see a lot of information uh about numio because even before we ended up starting recording this i saw them posting different things so they are a team that likes to end up staying active so something that Steve and I always like to end up talking about to ourselves, those what if questions, we have one more. So if you could end up having dinner with any four people in history, past or present, who would you end up having dinner with and maybe why? Okay, so um, I'm going to try and give four very different people uh, for this. Um, I dress up as one of them for Halloween last year, which was awesome, mm. by the way. Um, and I just watched a documentary on him, uh, which is Bob Ross. Uh, okay. Absolutely love that guy. Um, <laughs> yes. like, completely separate from like work and everything about that. Like 
I just love his persona and like who he is as a person. Uh, like he spread so much positivity. Like he was just like a loving person. And um, I would just love to like learn from him. Like he's mm-hmm. just a really cool, genuinely cool dude. And everyone that I've heard who has, who got the opportunity to meet him said he is literally the exact same person in real life as he is in all of like his shows which i was wow. like that's that's so cool so i would love to meet him um my favorite actor uh will ferrell i've watched mm. literally every single will ferrell movie out there um huge will ferrell fan um so i would love to to meet him have dinner with him um and then i'm gonna go um steve jobs uh, yes. just because i mean dude the, the guy is brilliant i mean he I can only imagine some of the innovation that he would come up with if he was around during like this cryptocurrency era. Um, he, he was so smart. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I, I can only imagine some of the, some of the stuff that he would come up with. Um, and then last but not least, I'm going to give a little bit of a shout out to the, to the boys back home uh, in the dirty D up in Detroit uh, and go with Henry Ford. Um, oh, and wow. um he was, I mean, he was one of like the biggest innovators um, in the 20th century. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot to learn there uh, because he, he got himself into in a brand new market um, that, was, that was growing um, and figured out how to scale it and reach the masses. And I mean, for me, being, being a founder in in a growing, I guess, industry. Uh, I mean, I would love to learn from some of the mistakes that he made, some of the things that he learned. Um, like that stuff's incredibly valuable. Um, and I mean, he's just a, a smart dude and probably pretty cool too. Um, so I would have to go with those guys. Yeah, so, I, I, I won't I won't lie I, I had a little bit of a cheat time to come up with some of these <laughs> I, I had to really think about this I'm uh, so happy I'm so happy you said Bob Ross now uh, <laughs> so, that's so great so the one when you said Steve Jobs I always think back because a lot of people don't know but his creations with Apple for a long time they told him to hold off on it he wasn't able to provide everything right up front they said that Americans in the world wasn't necessarily ready for the technology that he was going to be putting out. And I think that that's so crazy that they legit had to make him chill. Pretty sure they did the same with Elon Musk with the electric vehicles, but they all had to like hold off for a minute before they can end up putting out everything. Other one is Henry Ford. Honestly, that family is set forever, but he changed the game so much in a way that none of us could ever really even think about. And from what he did here, even like the assembly line that they had with everything, it kind of was a game changer with that. So, uh, Mark, I definitely truly want to say thank you for coming on. I can hands down say I learned a lot of information. It's something that I think people will play this a bunch of times, end up understanding everything truly that you did provide. And I think as the bull run continues and cryptocurrency continues to grow, Numio is one that will also grow and a lot of people will start to end up wanting to reach out to you guys, wanting to talk to you all, see the partnerships that you all are establishing within the cryptocurrency sphere and just how hardworking of a team it is. Mark was saying in the beginning that they work on this like clockwork, like all the time. They put in endless hours and you love to see that 
about a team doing that. So we really do appreciate Numio, the team, as well as Mark just coming on to just talk to us today. We really do appreciate it. Um, wrapping well, well, that thank up, you. I, I appreciate appreciate your time and I guess giving me the opportunity to help help educate people. I mean, like that's something that we're like we're very passionate about. Obviously, like we love the building, we love crypto, um, but like we're we're very passionate educators. Uh, like that's why we're putting out a bunch of educational content. Uh, like mm -hmm. like we we uh, I would say we know a little bit about this stuff, but um, our our goal is to help bring everyone else around us up and help people like yourself people that follow us to essentially learn and actually understand a lot of this underlying stuff of what's yeah. going on. Mm -hmm. um, because it, it's up to us. It's up to the builders um, to help be those educators. Um, so we want to, we want to take that step forward and, and, and really do that. So, I mean, if you guys are trying to learn, we have a ton of educational content up on our website. Um, if you go to our website, it's numio.one, O-N-E. Um, and we have our, our blog up there. Um, I got to give a little shout out to Joel. Um, I, I work with him a lot on building uh, a lot of this content, but I mean, he's the rock star behind all of it. Um, and uh, so, so big shout out to him. He's been shout uh, helping out. to push a little shout out to Joel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, and obviously me, like I'm doing a lot of stuff on TikTok. I don't, I don't know why people follow me. I'm a little bit of a, a little bit of a goofball, but um, <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm helping to, I guess, change the game there. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to say something before we get into you, Stephen. It's crazy because we've been, Stephen and I have been talking for a minute. I don't think people have come on and said shout out for a while because that's the first time in a long time we did it. So Mark, whenever anyone says shout out, you'll hear both of us end up just going shout out. Shout out. So yeah, <laughs> but Stephen ended it. What you got for the people? It's a little, little, little sad day. Um, it's been, it's been three years since we lost Mac Miller. Um, mm. Christian knows this. Mac Miller was, I mean, I, I met him once, a um, couple, couple of times in college. Um, he came to the Penn State frats a lot, but, um, you know, he was, he was my age. You know, his, his come up was during my college year. So his music was synonymous with, you know, our pregames, our parties. My freshman and sophomore year were just, littered with Mac Miller songs and his style. Um, we kind of, you know, took that on and yeah, it got us through a lot of college, a lot of good, a lot of good and good and bad times. So um, yeah, it sucks that we, you know, lost him early, but um, we still have his music. So that's all, that's, that's what matters. Yeah. So Mark, you got anything for everyone out there before we close up? Uh, I don't know. Keep reading. Definitely listen to music. Love, love some Mac Miller, man. Yes, sir. I'm gonna have yes, to sir. listen to some tonight. But, Absolutely. Um, I would say, uh, go and just don't stop reading, man. Like I, I can't believe I'm actually saying that because like I didn't open up textbooks in school. <laughs> uh, yeah. But like I, I don't know. Like I love reading about crypto. But yeah. get out there and read. Uh, find something you're passionate about and just start reading about it. Maybe write about it. Um, just research and um, and educate yourself. Yeah. So one of these days, Stephen and I'll talk to you about all the stories we end up having because we could talk for days about our midnight listening parties that we had with like Mac Miller, just random. Don't ask me how they happened. <laughs> but my uh, closing up, I'll end up start by saying good luck to everyone out there in fantasy football world. So this is your first week. Uh, you always start off hype the first week. Then, of course, it goes downhill. Make sure you look into the waiver wire as well. But big thing is 
first time in a long time, Saturday and Sunday were filled with college football and the NFL. So that's a huge thing. So Thursday, all the way to like Monday, Tuesday, depending on what college football wants to do, put on those random games. So that's my shout out. The other thing I want to say is shout out to the FAMU band, because I saw what they did was wild. Like shout out to the marching band. But that's everything over here with us that we got next. Numio and Mark, we appreciate you all coming on. Other than that, we out. Peace. See you.